Welcome to Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com where we answer the questions you ask about Metro Phoenix. I'm your host, Kayla White. Today, we're looking at a brand new topic we have never covered before on this podcast, sports. We've gotten a couple sports questions that are kind of related. Here's one. I'm Adam and I live in Peoria. So my question is about how the sports landscape in the Valley has changed over the decades, how people moving here from different parts of the country have impacted and um, going from a one team town with the Suns clearly dominant to having almost all the professional sports teams has changed that dynamic as well. The other was a little more blunt. Jesse in Glendale asked, quote, why are Phoenix sports fans so fair weather? I think these questions are related. They're about our loyalty to our pro sports teams here in Metro Phoenix. Which teams are we loyal to and why? How is our sports fandom different from other big cities? Well, let's play ball. I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about sports. In middle school, I tried out for the volleyball team and I didn't make the cut. And from that point on, I was like, maybe I'll take art instead of gym. So if you, like me, aren't a sports person, this episode is still for you. But if you are a huge sports fan, don't worry, I brought in the experts. To kick it off, I met with the Arizona Republic's longtime sports writer, Kent Summers. Starting in 1994, I was the main Cardinals beat writer when Buddy Ryan came in. Since that day through today, I've seen almost every game they've played. See? Expert. Before we explore which team owns the Valley, let's look at when they came here. Here's Kent with a quick timeline going all the way back to the beginning. Okay, let's start with the Suns. Phoenix Suns! The original um, sports franchise here, at least pro professional on a major level, moved here in 1968, an expansion team. And I think the Suns have a special place in the heart of many people who grew up here. Then, uh, you know, the Cardinals in 1988 moved here from St. Louis. It was really between, I think, here and Jacksonville. And Bill Bidwell made that decision uh, to come here. The Big Red will become the Arizona Cardinals. Then, uh, later, it was the uh, Coyotes. The hockey team moved from Winnipeg and shared an arena downtown with the Suns for a while. and and uh, then moved out to Glendale into a new arena and still have arena issues. Uh, And then you have the Diamondbacks, which started playing here, a major league team in 1998. Your Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, And so we've sort of seen them up and down at times, but the only one of those four franchises that's won a championship. So that's our history with the NBA, NFL, NHL, and MLB. I'm focusing on those because they are the four leagues often called the quote, big four, because they're the biggest major pro team sports leagues in the US and Canada. There are only 13 cities and metro areas across the US that have a team in all four leagues. So we're kind of in an exclusive club. 
Which team are we in the Valley most loyal to, though? There are two factors that people always say play into which team earns our love, time and winning. Let's talk about that first one, time. Phoenix is relatively young. Uh, you look at the Diamondbacks and the Coyotes starting in the mid-1990s. I mean, that's relatively young compared to uh, metropolitan areas like Philadelphia that have had teams since late 1800s even. That's Christopher Lee, an Arizona State University assistant professor who focuses on sports marketing. I could easily see it being a Sunstown, given that that's the oldest uh, franchise here in the Valley. And so again, if you think about generational fandom, that oftentimes we become fans because of who our parents liked. Sure, team loyalty is about time. So you could make the case that the Suns are our team since they arrived in town first. But then there's that other factor. Who's winning? You know, if you were a kid growing up and you liked the NBA, and the Suns were winning, 20, you know, like now they're winning 25 to 30 games. That's not cool to be a Suns fan. It's hard to be a Suns fan. So you go somewhere else. And NBA fans tend to root for players more than teams, I think. It was easier to root for the Suns when I was a little kid, around the time they went to the 1993 NBA Finals. I think it's possible the first athlete I was ever aware of was Suns power forward Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley! He's not human! I found a video from 2018 where Barkley told AZ Central the biggest regret of his son's career. You know, I tell people my biggest regret, I wasn't able to bring these people a championship. You know, we had three amazing years that we lost to the champ. But the single, you know, because I tell people when I said that, they're like, what about Philly? I said, Philly's a little bit different because they had already won a championship. And when I came here, you know, the Diamondbacks wasn't in existence. And it would have been great uh, to bring this city a championship. Kent said the Cardinals had the same problem in the beginning. By being bad for most of their first 25 years here, they missed out on generations of fans. You know, kids grew up rooting for someone else because you couldn't root for the Cardinals. They were 4-12, and 12, it seemed, every year. You know, each of the four franchises have struggled at times because they've had years of losing. When the Suns and Cardinals were down, the Diamondbacks emerged as our winners. To this day, they're our only team to hold a championship title with their 2001 World Series win. Florida, center field, the Diamondbacks are world champions. In August, I went to a Diamondbacks game to talk to fans about their loyalty to the team. After work on a Monday, I walked to Chase Field in downtown Phoenix for the D-backs versus Colorado Rockies game. Oh, ice cold water, peanuts and seeds. Take it in, everything goes in the ballpark. Hi, I'm here to pick up a media pass for the game. White? Where do I go in? Okay, thanks. I walked into Chase Field, and immediately I was drawn to a group of women having fun in the stands. Hi, I am Heather Holland. They were visiting from Houston and Atlanta. We're celebrating a birthday. I asked Heather if they're big baseball fans. Eh, you know, fair weather. We like to come to the stadiums and eat and check out the restaurants. So has any uh, food or drink specialty caught your eye here yet? The waffle cone caught my nose, but other than that, not yet. I know you said you just walked in, but what's your impression so far? 
pretty cool so far. It's a huge stadium. It's pretty. I love the fact that there's a swimming pool here. I'm not quite sure how or why you would use it, but why not? Okay, not exactly the diehard fan I was looking for, but definitely a woman after my own heart. Heather, if you ever come back, I'd love to eat nachos with you. Send me a DM. 50-50 raffle tickets. I'm Scott Snader. Uh, this is my fifth season working here. I'm a diehard D-backs fan, yes. Scott stands in the rotunda at the entrance to Chase Field, selling 50-50 raffle tickets before games. Have, do you notice any trends about fans? A couple times I've noticed when we're doing well, like when we went to the wild card in 2016, uh, there was a lot more fans. And, and then when the season after, when we were 500, I noticed we were not as crowded. When do you see the most support for the opposing team? Dodger fans. Dodgers, well, actually, you know, last year, yeah, it was last year, uh, the Mets, oh my gosh, they had like this uh, bus flood, the, the, this, this rotunda area flood, just like I'm like screaming, let's go Mets, let's go Mets, it was loud, and it was like, since like an entire bus load. The Diamondbacks are our champs, and yet they get drowned out when the Mets, Dodgers, or Cubs come to town, because so many of those teams' fans moved here from New York, L.A., or Chicago. I mean, certainly winning helps. I mean, the, if you look at the history of attendance and stuff, when teams win, fans tend to show up more. Um, that, there's no doubt that that helps. Uh, as of late, the Phoenix uh, teams have struggled a bit in that area. But at the same time, you have to have a strategy beyond simply winning. While it's easy to say Phoenix sports fans aren't loyal because our teams don't win, that's not really the whole picture. There are a lot of other factors that affect our fandom here. So I think calling Phoenix fans fair weather is too harsh. I mean, I think there's a lot of passionate Cardinals, Coyotes, Suns, fans, etc. that grew up rooting for them, etc. The challenge with the Phoenix market is there's so many fans from other areas. Maricopa County is one of the fastest growing counties in the country. We're bringing in a lot of people from other cities that already have allegiances, and those are tough to break. This year, Maricopa County was named the fastest growing county in the U.S. for the third year in a row. A much lower number of people who live in Arizona are Arizona natives than in other states. I would characterize the the sports fandom as passionate, but also saturated. If you look at all the available options in greater Phoenix, you know, we've got four professional sports teams, but at the same time with the great weather and all the other different events coming to town, uh, there's a lot of different ways to spend your time, spend your money. Chris said our weather in Metro Phoenix works against us in two ways. For one, it's nice out for so much of the year that we have sports all the time, like spring training. But then in the summer, it's so hot, people would rather watch a game on TV than go to Chase Field. Uh, the location of the stadiums, I think, in Phoenix's case, plays a role that you've got two out west, you've got two downtown. Yes, Phoenix has some issues with heat and sprawl. But the team that seems to have cracked the loyalty code is... The Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals started winning a little bit. You know, 2007, they turned things around with Kurt Warner, Larry Fitzgerald... The amazing run of 2008 when they went to the Super Bowl, that won a lot of people over. Kent said now they're easily the most popular team in Metro Phoenix. 
I think overall the NFL is the most popular sport in the country. I think that has a lot to do with it. But there are a lot of reasons why NFL teams are so popular right now. The scarcity of games. So if you think of eight games for the Cardinals home games versus 41 for the Phoenix Suns. And it's also the experience of going to an NFL game. It's tailgating, it's once a week, people can make, the, it's a weekend, usually it's a Sunday. In terms of the, the football culture of the U.S., it's just baked into how we spend our falls. Saturday, college football, Sunday, NFL football. To the point in the fall, you'll see the hashtag ban fall weddings. Because all these people who want to either watch you know, the Saturday college football game, or in some cases, the early Sunday morning football game, don't want to have to go to a fall wedding. The Cardinals have sold out every game they've ever played at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, which they moved to in 2006. But even then, they still don't have a perfect fan base. Uh, you know, the Cardinals don't release attendance figures though, like official through the gate paying tickets. So we have to take their word for it that all these games are sold out. There's, there are games where there are many empty seats and there are games where there are a lot of seats filled by the opposing team's fans. And that's a constant battle for teams in Arizona too. Anytime the Cowboys come to town, anytime the Steelers come to town, anytime the Packers come to town, you can see all of that. It's, it's, they take over the stadium. Kent said he's talked to players here in Phoenix about how hard it is to play when the crowd is a sea of the opposing team's colors. Larry Fitzgerald, for instance, he said, you know, when I first came here and I went out on the field at Sun Devil Stadium where the Cardinals used to play, we were playing the Jets and I heard their fans chant J-E-T-S, I thought, what have I gotten myself into? Where, you know, where am I? He also said Phoenix isn't the only metro area with this problem. Yeah, I, you know, there are other cities like this. Um, you know, I think San Diego used to be like this when the Chargers were there. Los Angeles is like this. The Rams, as successful as they've been the last two or three years, have had that problem. So what happens now? I mean, no one wants their city to be known for its fair weather fans or empty arenas. What's being done to grow a more loyal fan base here in Metro Phoenix? One thing you can do, I think that the Arizona teams have tried, is converting the kids. That's why you'll see, for example, jersey exchanges, where if you go to a Coyotes game and you bring a Blackhawks jersey, you can get a new Coyotes jersey for free. Chris said that's why the Diamondbacks offer really cheap tickets to make it family friendly in hopes of getting those kids to be lifelong fans. But there's also a big untapped adult market. Kent told me about a big change happening this year. It was interesting covering the Coyotes, the introduction of their new owner, Alex Morello, who's a Cuban American, self-made billionaire. Uh, his parents moved here with the family and located in Los Angeles. And he's made much of his billions by recognizing there's a Hispanic market in various industries and catering to it and, and really has paid off. He sees the Coyotes somewhat like that. He thinks there's a, a huge possibility in this Hispanic uh, fan market. Chris told me that across the country, teams are trying to attract more fans who are interested in the social experience, maybe even more than the game itself. 
Cleveland is one that comes to mind where they took about 5,000 seats in their baseball stadium and converted it essentially into a standing room only bar where you go in, kind of a flat rate price, affordable beer, and you go and hang out and engage with your friends and you're not sort of in a seat. It's a different experience and I think we're seeing more of that. That is the only way to get me to go to a game is if it's in a bar, so I appreciate that. Over years, those casual fans might go to 20 games, and that snowballs into a stronger fandom. I can say a few years ago, I went to my first Suns game just for fun, and the other day I found myself looking at Suns partial season tickets. Don't worry, I can't afford them. But Chris said the future of sports fandom might not even be about how many people are in the stadiums. Increasingly, I think the TV audience is arguably more important than the physical audience. So you could think of a scenario where, let's just say, the Phoenix Suns are playing the Los Angeles Lakers. And we want to make sure that the New York East Coast audience can see that game. We're not going to start it at 7 p.m. We're going to start it at 5 p.m. locally or 4 p.m. locally even to cater to a broader uh, TV audience. And although they aren't considered part of the big four leagues, we have teams that have maybe small but definitely loyal fan bases. I think a Valley League that's underappreciated is the Phoenix Mercury. They were a founding member of the WNBA. They're one of three teams from that first year that is still uh, in existence. They were third in the WNBA in attendance last year. They've had three championships. And so I think in terms of Valley Sports League, I think they're underappreciated in terms of their success, their attendance relative to uh, some of their competing cities. Not to mention Phoenix Rising, our pro soccer team that is a member of the USL Championship, kind of the second tier of pro soccer. The tickets are super cheap, the DJ Diplo is a part owner, Chris said they're doing a great job building a loyal fan base. And our question asker, Adam, made a really good point about a different aspect of fandom here in the Valley. Actually, I'm the biggest fan of ASU sports, which oh. I guess is another, another interesting dynamic. Um, I, I think a lot about how you know professional sports changes in a community and a university sports team really is the one constant, right? ASU is never going to move. Um, they may add or take away sports. Uh, but they, you know, that's a constant in the community even before the Suns and ASU will be here forever. So we started as a Suns town and now, like the rest of the country, we're all about that football. Compared to the other 12 four sports cities in the U.S., sure, we don't seem to have as many diehard fans who've held season tickets for a million generations. Yes, we're a young city with really young teams that aren't really winning right now, but we're also a city of transplants and people bring their team loyalties here with them. Our teams are working hard to change that, finding ways to reach kids and Latinos and casual fans in hopes of building a bigger, stronger sports community here in Phoenix. That's it for today. Did I do justice for our teams? Let us know on Twitter at Valley101Pod. And if you haven't heard, we're launching a newsletter. Every week, I'm going to write you a newsletter to explore the Valley even more with you. There will be local places and events worth discovering, 
Republic stories with hints on where to live, shop, dine, and drink in the Valley, retro newspaper clippings and archival photos that show Phoenix's past, and behind-the-scenes fun with our team. You can sign up at valley101newsletter.azcentral.com. We're hoping to get at least 300 people to sign up before we send our first newsletter, so please help us reach it. I'll put the link to sign up in the show notes for this episode. As always, thank you for listening to Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. See you next week.